Thank you so much for the verse number four of Second Corinthians four. The Bible says, "In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." Now, verse number six: For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want to preach tonight on the subject, spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I debate in my mind and my heart and even in my prayer to you now, Lord, of how much time I spend asking you to help give the attention of the people to the truth of the Word of God, how much time I should spend trying to convince folks to listen. Now, Lord, I hunger with all of my heart, I hunger for everyone to see and hear the truth of the message tonight. I believe it could save a life from destruction I believe it could keep one from wasting their life. I believe the truth could cause us to fulfill our potential in life. And so I ask you, as humbly as I know how, to fill me with your spirit once again as I yield to you to accomplish the work of preaching this message in Jesus' name. Amen. I read a story recently of, a, of an explosion in a coal mine in West Virginia. How many of you had someone in your family, someone in your family that worked in the coal mines? Anybody? All right. Wow, quite a few of you. Quite a few of you did. Uh, this explosion was in an underground mine, and uh, as a result, uh, it entrapped several of the uh, coal miners. Uh, they were trapped in total darkness. Uh, they were without any type of electricity uh, or light. Uh, they were without uh, food and water. And uh, you can imagine the fear that they had not knowing what their fate would be. They're alive, but they're trapped. They can't uh, get out. And so uh, as I read the story, the rescuers... Uh, they knew where they were working, and they began to work through the debris uh, to get to, to the miners that were trapped underground uh, as a result of the big explosion that had uh, taken place. Uh, after 24 hours, they located uh, the uh, trapped miners, and they actually made a hole not big enough uh, to get them out, but to at least get water inside. And, and uh, as the story uh, went, uh, they gave them water as they worked to open up more of the mine, being careful that the, uh, that the roof of the mine did not fall on them as they were working uh, to rescue them. Uh, finally, as they got through the debris, 
uh, they turned the lights on in that dark place, and that's dark, dark. I mean, that's a, a, that kind of darkness can be felt. I, I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't like that underground type darkness. If you've been uh, in Mammoth Cave or something like that, and they turn the lights off, that's not funny to me. Uh, but, 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 but anyway, that's a, that's a heavy, heavy darkness. And so they finally turned the lights on, and they were able to get to them, and one of the trap miners said this to the rescuers. Why don't you turn on your lights? He did not realize, but he had been blinded by the explosion. They had the lights on. When they broke through to rescue them, he did not know he was blinded because of being in the darkness. And when the light was turned on... He was not able to see and ask why the light was not turned on. Sadly, many in this world are spiritually blind. They cannot see the things of God. They cannot understand the things of God, and they do not understand the Word of God. They need to hear the gospel. Somebody needs to take the light of the glorious gospel and shine it in their lives, in their homes, or wherever they may be, that they may hear and see the truth of the gospel. As I go through the scripture, I find not only is there a spiritual blindness, but there are many Christians who can see, but they have spiritual cataracts. They have had their eyes covered by things that keep them from seeing what God wants them to see in their life. And as a result, they have lost their faith in God and spiritual things because of different events that have happened in their life. It amazes, to me, it amazes me what happens when a person has cataract surgery and has that film uh, taken from their eyes. I recall that Dr. Arnold had cataract surgery in his 90s, and uh, he was so excited, he was so happy to be able to see the Bible. He said, the pages are white again. And for several years, he could see. How many of you have had cataract surgery? Anybody? Oh, quite a few of you have. And so it takes that film off, and rather it being a dingy uh, thing to look through uh, to have those removed. I got my driver's license in 1980, and the next spring, 1981, I started driving, picking up people and bringing them to church, whether I was driving uh, my dad's car. Uh, he had bought a Dodge St. Regis four-door car, big car, and uh, I would drive that or drive a church van to pick up people and take them to church. I picked up a couple that my dad had led to Christ. They were seniors, uh, Otis and Florence at Napier. And Florence was blind. Now, she could see as a child, but as a, before she became a teenager, uh, she was blinded and she couldn't see anything. I was always bothered by that. I was always uh, careful what I said. I didn't want to, uh, you know, it's just natural to say, wow, that's a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful sunset or that's a, 
beautiful bird as you're traveling along. And I was mindful to not say those things because I knew she couldn't see. Now, she would say things. Uh, she would say things about remembering what she could see. In fact, she told me, she said, you have to be the best driver I've ever ridden with. And I said, wow, thank you. Why do you say that? She said, it seems like you hit every hole in the road. Now, there wasn't any blacktop on the roads, and they were gravel roads. Well, they were graveled every four years uh, at election time. But, but, but she said to me, uh, you, you're the best driver. And, 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 and she was a fun and a funny lady, but it bothered me that she could not see. It's, all, it's always bothered me to be with folks, uh, not, not to be with them, but, but that they could not see. I'm glad God put me in the business of helping people to see spiritually. I've known doctors and surgeons and led uh, some to Christ that were eye surgeons and they had a great joy uh, knowing to, they could help people see. And so my heart's desire tonight, if you're not saved, that you would trust Christ as Savior whether you're here or you're watching the service. But perhaps tonight uh, the Holy Ghost of God would perform a cataract surgery spiritually on some that have lost uh, their sight of spiritual things. I want to go through a list tonight. First of all, many are blind to the goodnesses of God. We talked about God being good this morning. He not only does good things, He is good. Many are blind to the goodness of God. We can see the circumstances that frustrate us. We can see the things that don't go our way. Uh, we can point out things that bother us and concern us. And I fear that oftentimes we get a spiritual cataract to where we cannot see the goodness of God. I want to ask you tonight, can you still see the grace of God? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Hey, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Thank God for His amazing grace. I never want to get to the fact that I overlooked, that I overlooked by His grace, I'm a child of the King. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I ask you tonight, have you seen the grace of God in your life in recent days? What about His mercy? I'm thankful to look at and to be thankful for the good mercy of God. Mercy and grace are similar in that grace is God giving us something we don't deserve. Mercy, God does not give us what we do deserve. For example, God gives us salvation that we don't deserve. That's His grace. God does not give us the punishment that we deserve for our sin. He bore that on the cross of Calvary. Him not giving me what I do deserve is His mercy. Thank God tonight. I want you to look at it. I want to hold up the eye chart tonight and ask you, have you seen, have you looked at the wonderful mercy of God? Were it not for the mercy of God, you and I would be consumed in our life and from this life. Thank God that he doesn't give me what, he, uh, what I deserve, but he gives to me based on who he is and his love for me. Can you see his love tonight? 
can you see that God gave his only begotten son that you and I could have eternal life? Oh, dear friend, if you're not careful, you'll begin to focus on things in life uh, that are frustrating and things in life uh, that uh, will take away our joy and our gladness and our happiness. I'd like to show you tonight some things that you ought to see that'll bring a gladness to your heart, a satisfaction to your soul, and a peace to your mind, and the grace and mercy and love of God are wonderful things. Aren't you thankful for the provision of God? I'm glad for how God provides. I'm thankful for the provision of an almighty God as I bowed my head today at lunch. And I thank God. I thank God for the food that he had provided. I don't want to ever eat a meal without stopping and saying, Lord, thank you for providing for me. He's a good God. When you go home tonight, rather than looking to see what's wrong with your house, thank God that you have a roof over your head. Now, I understand there are repairs that have to be made, but thank God we got a place to go to tonight. Thank God for his provision. Thank God for the socks you have on and the shoes you're wearing. Thank God for the clothes. Thank God for the children and the grandchildren. Hey, tonight somebody ought to shout about the provision of an almighty God. And it's time we look at it. I don't want spiritual cataracts that keep me from seeing the provision of God. I'm thankful for the long-suffering of God. I like to see it. I'm thankful for the patience of God. Aren't you glad for the patience of God when we get cold and indifferent in spiritual things and we get a bit sideways and maybe even carnal and we deserve to be chastened by the Lord. God waits and he waits and he waits patiently waiting for us to make things right because he doesn't delight in punishment. He delights in blessing. And there's some tonight, they're at the place where God is getting ready to chasten you. Oh, thank God for his patience and run tonight to his forgiveness and thank God for the wonderful patience of God. I feel bad for those that can't see. I feel bad for those that can't see. I read uh, recently where the ACLU had threatened a lawsuit against a school uh, taking them to court because they'd put on their sign, God bless America. Now what's sad is they're ignorant that God sustains everybody. God's in control of it all. How sad to see this great, big, wonderful world and not be able to see the God that created it. I want to say, second of all, some are blind to their spiritual condition. Some are blind to their spiritual condition. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, if you will, please. I've read this so many times recently, and and I've read it because I, I, I don't want this to be me. You see, God's been mighty good to us, and if we're not careful, we transfer, we transfer our excitement to the blessing rather than being thankful to the blesser. And sometimes we think if we have all these things, we're good. But it's the one who gives these things that I need to keep my trust in. I want you to notice what he says in Revelation chapter 3 and in verse number 13. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. These things saith the Amen. 
the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Now I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see as many as I love. I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore, and repent. I wonder tonight if we can see our true spiritual condition or have we allowed the blessings of the things God has given to us to say, boy, I have all these things, I have need of nothing. I don't care how much money we have in the bank, we need God all the same. I don't care whether you have a car payment or a car paid for. We need God all the same. I don't care if your rent's past due or you have you don't have a mortgage on your house. You need God all the same. I don't care if you have a lot of food in your pantry or none at all. We need God the same. And if we're not careful, we go to the place we replace God with the blessings of God. I want to make sure that I examine and I see my spiritual condition and make sure that I can see it through the eyes of God. I want to say number three, it is sad when Satan blinds men from Bible truth. Bible truth. I'm amazed at the truths of the Word of God. I, I was telling some of the men this morning, through the years of preaching, nearly 40 now, it's been amazing to me to find truth and think, wow, that is an amazing truth. And then go back again the next week and find more. And the next day and find more and more and more. Isn't it amazing how many wonderful truths are in the Word of God? Now, I ask you a question. I'm not trying to be smart. I am preaching. But when's the last time you found a truth that turned your crank? When's the last time you found a verse, a statement, a word, a passage, a chapter that stirred? When's the last time you found? I'm not talking about coming to church, and we do come to church to hear truth, and that's the responsibility of the pastor to teach us truth and to preach truth. Hey, but you and I, as priests with God, it's all right if we read the Bible too and we find truths that will help us in our Christian life. I love truths of encouragement. I love truths of enlightenment. I love truths of enrichment. I love truths of enablement. I love truths of endearment. You see, there are many truths in the Bible that give me courage to press on. They encourage me. There are many truths in the Bible that help me to understand life and God and even myself and the will of God. Those are truths of enlightenment. I love truth that enriches my life and makes it more meaningful 
Those are truths of enrichment. I love truths that help me understand and to do the will of God and by faith do what man cannot do. But co-partnering and co-working with God, I can by faith accomplish them. Those are truths of enablement. I love truths that help me to know God so I can love him more, so I can be thankful to him more, so I can recognize him more. Those are truths of endearment. I love the truths of the Bible. Can you see Bible truth? I've been reading Psalm 23 this week. And I've been stuck on that verse 3 where the Bible says, He restoreth my soul. I'm glad He restores my soul. Several things I learned from that. First of all, first of all I run out of what I need to keep going because I'm going so God restores me so I can keep going a little further and as I go a little further I use what he's given me so he restores he takes me he takes me to the waters he takes me to the pastures he's my shepherd I love what the word of God does for my heart and mind I I face the same world you do I'm frustrated at the same things that you are. Fox News today revealed a report that hatred and violence toward the church is up like five or six fold, an unheard of number. There is a hatred toward the things of God. We, We all face these things. That's why we need to Read the Bible. You need more than a meme with your cup of coffee in the morning. You need a whole chapter. Now, I don't, I'm not against memes. I like them. But I need more than a meme. I need the Word of God. Next, Satan blinds men to the brevity of life. So many people are living as though they're going to live to be 100 years old. 1 Samuel 20, verse number 3, tells me I'm three feet from death. You ever read what what the psalmist said? He said, I am one step from death. One step. One step from death. We live as though, and so we put off serving God. We put off tomorrow what we ought to do in the day. And I I think one of the great blinding works of Satan today is to give spiritual cataracts to those that think they're going to live forever. Hey, young people, you need to make a difference for God right now. A teenager, college student, young couple, you need to make a difference for God right now. Understanding the days are short. Sometimes as a young person, you look at 60 or 70 or 80 and think he's an old man. He, uh, she's an old lady. Hey, the truth is every day is a gift from God. And dear friend, let, 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 me, let me read what the Bible says. Let, let me tell you what to do. Take you a Bible or a Bible concordance and see how many times God talks about the brevity of life. I think I gave 15 or 16 verses in the last week about the brevity of life. Let me give you some more that I haven't given you already. Psalm 90, verse number 10. 
the days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, but for it is soon cut off and we fly away. You don't have forever to serve God. Hey, time to get right with God right now tonight and give God your whole life. Serve him today. Psalm 144.4, man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. A shadow, a shadow, a shadow that passes away. Isaiah 40, verse number 7, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass, the grass withereth. I referred to this last week. The flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse number 20, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Hebrews 9, 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this at the judgment. 1 Peter 1, the Bible tells us that our flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as as the flower of grass, the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. And he talks about the fact that our life is so brief. Hey, we don't have time to wait to serve God. Let's serve God today. Blinders. Blinders. The coal miner said to the rescue, why don't you turn the light on? The light was on, but he could not see. He had been blinded by the blast. Do we need God to do a spiritual cataract surgery on our eyes tonight? Do we need God to open our eyes? Sometimes Satan blinds our vision for God. We forget the power and work of God that can be done by faith. May I say tonight, I'm driven by vision to do a work for God. It's a work that's not easy. It's a work that requires faith in Him. I've talked to at least a dozen preachers this week, several of them young men that have graduated from our college and just talked about how you make it through a difficult part of ministry. Listen to me. If you're not careful, a difficulty becomes a cataract and you lose your vision. Young men, don't lose your vision to serve God. Don't lose your vision of what God can do in you and through your life. Don't you get spiritual cataracts that causes you to lose sight of your calling. God's callings are without repentance. Don't quit on God. Don't go blind spiritually on God. Don't let him blind your eyes. I preached to the college this past Thursday about thorns in the flesh and lessons from the thorn. You know what Paul thought? Paul thought, Lord, I can be a better Christian if you'll take this thorn from me. God didn't agree with that. He said, I think you can better be a, be a better Christian with it. Lord, I can be a better preacher if you'll take this thorn out of my life. If you'll take this failure, if you'll take this difficulty, if you'll take this heartache, if you'll take it away, I can be a better servant. God said, no, I think you'd be a better servant with that thorn, and I'll give you the grace to bear it. Keep pressing on. Don't lose your vision. Oh, listen to me. I beg you, don't lose your vision. Do you need to pray tonight and say, God, oh God, great physician, I yield myself to you and ask you to take off the spiritual cataract so I can see afresh and anew the vision that you put in my heart, the vision that you put in my soul to make a difference for the cause of Christ. I beg you tonight, 
keep your vision to serve God. I close tonight saying many get blinded to the dangers of sin and carnality. How sad it is when we lose our keen awareness of the dangers of sin and carnality and worldliness. And here's how it works. There's carnality. There's worldliness. There is sin. Sin's never finished. Sin never satisfies. It's never satisfied until it brings forth death. We need to go back to being afraid of carnality. Somebody agree with me and amen tonight. We need to go back to being afraid of worldliness. We need to be afraid of living on the line. I told a story some years ago of three men that were being interviewed to drive a stagecoach to the west and back. And they were asked a question. How confident and how close, how confident are you in driving a stagecoach close to the cliff? That's a lot of C's to say. I think I said it right. How confident are you that you can drive the stagecoach close to the cliff? One said, I have a lot of fear. The other said, I have no fear at all. I'm, I'm not afraid to drive right next to the edge. And one said, I have the confidence if I had to drive next to the edge, but I, I prefer to drive as far away from it as possible. Now, who you want driving your stagecoach? I don't want I don't want somebody driving it that's afraid. I don't want someone that's driving it that likes to live close to the edge. I want to have somebody that has confidence but says, I want to stay as far away from carnality, as far away from worldliness as I can. And friend, I want to tell you, you ought to have a concern that one music can lead to another until your music has become a worldly, sinful music. Somebody say amen right there. Some of you college boys that say amen like a bunch of uh, Comanches in college, you ought to learn to say amen. You ought to learn to stay awake in, in church. Then you ought to learn to say amen in church. We, we, we ought to have a fear about our, our dress styles. I, I don't want the world to confuse me with the world. I don't want them to think, you, you can call me anything you want to call me as far as, as far as decency and dress is concerned. Let me just go ahead and say it now before summer comes. That no place in that Bible says that it's good or right for you to reveal your nakedness to anybody. We get to the place that we're not afraid. We're not afraid because we lose our vision. Do we need to pray tonight and say, oh God, would you do spiritual cataract surgery so I can see the dangers of sin again? One of the things that I fear is I think of the story of Hophni and Phinehas, the two boys that were raised by the priests. They lived in the temple. They had particular instruction how to offer the fire on the altar. They had particular instruction where to get the fire for the altar. But they simply took it from another place and they said, fire is fire, what does it matter? If God said it, it matters to God. 
and they offered a fire that was a strange fire. Now, they, they didn't go uh, to a heathen place. They just didn't do what God said to do. You know why? They got used to being there. If you're not careful, you get used to being in church. You can't hear, though you hear the sound. You can't see, though you're looking to see what's going on. I wonder tonight, I wonder how many folks need to sit down before the great physician and say, would you check me for cataracts? I want to make sure I'm seeing what I need to see. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, I pray that you help us tonight in this matter of a spiritual vision. Lord, help us to see what you want us to see. Help us to see white, white, and black, black, and sin, sin, and righteousness, righteousness. Help us to see right. Lord, it concerns me. I've, I've had folks send emails and come and talk to me and upset about just 